Hi, I'm Maeve Doyle, and you're listening to A Private View. We are here at Maddox Gallery on Westbourne Grove with Cooper, an artist I interviewed exactly a year ago today. And in that interview, we talked about a lot of things, but we also mentioned that this show in 2022, your first solo show in London, your first solo show full stop would be happening. And here we are a year later at Wild Noise. Hi, Cooper. Welcome to A Private View. Hello, Maeve. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on this incredible body of work. I think you put together 29 paintings in nine months? That's correct, 29 paintings. What kind of a work schedule did you have to get that done? It was probably way too much over my head, but that's how I like to work, you know? Like you said, this is my first solo show. It's during freeze week in London at Maddox Gallery, and I wanted to prove myself you know, by bringing the best that I could to the table. I'd say that you work really well to a deadline, and I think that deadline actually focused your mind. And you're right, the whole world is in London right now. After two years of things being iffy, everyone is here, and it's an outstanding debut show. How are you feeling? A bit nervous, you know, obviously for the opening. I mean, it's, but now standing around the 29 works, it's, I'm just kind of taking it all in, I mean, you know, the last time I saw them, these were in Indiana and in America, um, working on them all year. And now to see them all kind of come together, um, I'm really excited. I know we've tried to avoid labeling you or labeling your work. And there's so many things I think of when I look at your work. I think of the relevance of still life and contemporary painting. Then I think of reading your work as a journey through art history but an updated journey so it's a bit new and nostalgic at the same time what what is your inspiration and how would you describe what you do my inspiration is really just at the end of the day my journey of where i've lived um, and what i've taken in what other artists who've come before me have done that i'm interested in and kind of pulling from them a bit and making it fresh and newer and you know every artist they want to get labeled and put in a box um, and I try to not paint myself into a box and I try to keep things going in the unknown direction so I don't want to specifically label my stuff but I am happy with calling it contemporary pop. I'm happy with calling it contemporary pop too and I want to mention the fact that out of art school in Indiana you went to Miami and did some work there then you went to Los Angeles, but you chose to go back to Indiana, and it, it actually distinguishes you from artists who run in a group of other artists, having conversations with other artists about ideas all the time, because spending the last few days with you, it's clear to me that your first conversation is with artists who went before you in art history, not all of them living, so there's Basquiat, there's Living Hockney, there's Van Gogh, there's Kusama, uh, Jonas Wood, Hilary Pesches. Who else would you say influences you on a daily basis? I know music is also an influence. Those artists definitely, I would say, are the big main inspirations. Um, I think you actually hit all of them. Uh, Van Gogh, Wood, Pesches, Basquiat. Um, I've taken a little bit of theirs and you know, made my own kind of new thing with it. So I think you hit it on the head with that. 
Also, what I realized over the past couple of days is each one of these canvases, all 29 of them, are like a journal entry, but a journal entry that's made in signifiers that represent certain things to you, whether it's the stereo, the happy face. I'd say that is your resolve to remain positive, which is quite, quite an act of self-discipline. Um, we have cactus. Yeah, I think for me, it's very personal. All of the paintings are kind of a, a journal, if you will, from a time period in my life and taking those and growing that. And I think that's why I don't need to be around a bunch of other artists at the end of the day, because I'm just painting from the, my inside, you know, within that, my soul and um, what's around me. So I think, you know, all artists are different, but I don't think at the end of the day, I need to be around others too terribly much. Also being an introvert and, you know, having a big, workload and being just very ambitious you know you can get caught up doing this or that and not realize you know months go by and you're just talking about the work you know that happens to a lot of people but the only thing that really matters is just you know getting the work done and moving on and um, growing it yeah and I want to speak a bit about your studio practice which is something you start at 5 30 in the morning uh, go into the studio, later come out for breakfast with your partner, and then you work until, well, well into the night. Yeah. And that's, that's a, an incredible world of imagination. That's correct. Yeah, the daily studio practice is something that I do take a lot of pride in because, you know, if you want to be successful and you want to have, you know, good shows, I mean, you really do have to put all of your time and energy into it to achieve it. It's you know, there's a lot of artists out there, you know, a lot of great artists making good work. Um, and I want to be in that conversation at the end of the day with the greats who have come before me um, by pulling a little bit of them into myself. And um, yeah. Well, it's a journey, as you said, we're always going somewhere with it, with adding to your visual vocabulary. Uh, the cactus featured heavily in this show, as did the stereo. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yes, the stereo is, um, again, very personal to me. That was something that I grew up with going to my grandparents' house, and they had a really old 1966 Magnavox Sonic Hi-Fi stereo that my grandfather would come down and put on records uh, when all of the family from out of town was in, honestly, two to three times a year. So that was a very special moment, you know, uh, running around playing with cousins and that was going on. It was just kind of like magic in the air with the family. And then I started painting from that memory. Um, and if you look at the work, the, this hi-fi stereo is more of a modern day version of that. Um, but that is the original idea uh, that I've taken from that and kept going. So this show maybe showcases 10 of those or something like that. Um, so that's very special and the cactus is kind of a newer thing and if you look around you're gonna see tiny little cactuses in a lot of the paintings. Um, I have tons of cactuses in my studio upstairs and downstairs. Um, my girlfriend's always bringing in new plants and cactuses um, and there's just something about a cactus that stands. It's really strong and bold at the end of the day and to be an artist you have to be strong and bold. Uh, we're with Cooper at Wild Noise, and you're going to hear 
installing noises, caterers arriving, people walking through. This is the sound of a gallery hours before a debut solo show. Cooper, this morning when we were talking, uh, someone said you call yourself an introvert, but the canvases are incredibly like a riot of color, an explosion. They're, they're, they look like an entro extrovert's canvases. The title, Wild Noise? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the title, Wild Noise, that, you know, I think that's, I don't want to say an alter ego, but another side of me inside that does not come out or, like you said, I am an introvert. So that is in me, that wild energy um, that I kind of suppress, and uh, but I have to get out, and I'm able to do that through the canvas at the end of the day. But I wanted to go with wild noise because it's basically a touch on how wild the earth is and everything that we're going through and just trying to find a balance and rhythm and put that together to make it work at the end of the day. So it sounds like through the paintings you're, you're meditating on how to live properly. It does ground me by painting uh, and it makes me, you know, who I am. You know, if I don't paint for two, two to three days, I get super anxiety and, you know, I just, I get cranky and I need to just, you know, sit down and get that energy out of me, you know. Yeah, your, str your struggle to become an artist was an isolated struggle. You didn't grow up in a place where artists were everywhere. Your family aren't artists. People probably worried about you. So it was a, a leap of faith to become an artist. I don't think you knew exactly how that was going to work out. Not at all, yeah, I think that's, and that's why I dedicate so much time to that because, you know, I, I'm kind of in the unknown, or grew up in the unknown of not knowing what other artists do or their studio life or this and that, so that's why I've just, over the past four years of painting, really have just sacrificed, you know, everything that I've had to be able to have success and keep that going, you know, and now it's kind of coming full circle and, you know, with the success and everything that, you know, so. I think the not knowing was your, your gift because you just applied yourself with this mad work ethic and it was the, the work that sorted out all the problems of not knowing. Um, and, and now you're working on finding a place in art history and your, and your position in art history. Uh, where are you in 10 years from now? 10 years from now, that is a long time, but, you know, I want to have successful shows. I want to have sold out shows. I want to be, you know, globally everywhere. You know, I mean, there, there's really no limit that I'm going to put myself into in any type of way. Um, just, I think at the end of the day, whatever I put my head to, I'm going to have success and I'm going to make it work, you know, because there's really no other way. Can we walk through the paintings and talk about each of the canvases? Of course. We've just moved out onto the street on Westbourne Grove because they have great windows and the work will also be visible to drive-by traffic, which is so uplifting for people commuting and on their way to work. Um, not only are there pictures and framed and hanging, but they've also created this wallpaper pattern like you'd see in Warhol or Kusama, which really is electrifying. Do you want to talk a little bit about this painting, Cooper? 
Yes. Um, yeah, the wallpaper I'm super excited about. We have three different versions, all upstairs and downstairs, outside. Um, that really is a backdrop that makes the paintings pop. But this painting right here is a simplified version of the speaker stacks that I started doing earlier on in the year. It's more just a blown up version. And with, within those speaker stacks, it's really, you know, it's really about a meditation at the end of the day, a self-reflection, a zen-like quality that I found in the work that I kind of need to calm me down and get my nerves out too. Um, and it's also about listening at the end of the day. You know, I'm listening to music while I'm alone in the studio painting. And then when I step back and I can kind of see this, I can kind of, you know, listen to my own thoughts and take that in. This is this um, another piece facing the traffic is a crazy wavy mirror with almost some sort of visual game that's playing with dimension and what's a flat surface and what isn't. What's this one called? Wavy mirror. Wavy mirror on wall, I believe. Yes, but I saw this mirror um, in a magazine somewhere and I cut it out. It could have been at my parents' home a long time ago. And then I brought it to the studio and I wanted to do something with it. So I placed it up against this painting that you can see in the background with this tropical jungle vibe with birds and oranges and all of these Cooper um, repeating patterns that I like to um, put in the work. And then obviously if you look inside the mirror, that is also a reflection of another wall. And again, talking about self-reflection and other repeating elements, such as the oranges, um, the hi-fi stereo that we've talked about. And if I can be so bold, you're taking pop into surrealism. I mean, mirrors and surrealism, yeah. which is your dream world and your yes. journals and all the reading you do. Exactly, yes. Okay, here's Playboy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. reading material. Yes. Let's go, what's Mark, this one called? Uh, this one is called Kaleidoscope Dreams. And really this was just kind of like a look into the sky, a look into, you know, a kaleidoscope using every color that is out there and mixing those colors together. Um, this to was the last piece, wasn't it? This was the very last piece, correct, of the show that I did. So I was able to put a little bit more time into this while I was waiting for the shippers to come. And, you know, I have the book stacks that I've been adding. I got the turntable with the small speakers. And to me, I absolutely love this piece. Um, there's just so much patterns going on that your eye can really just keep moving and moving and you won't really ever see the full thing. Really nice for someone collecting to have such a chatty, active, energetic piece. And it seems like some of the energy that you reserve uh, by being an introvert goes right into the canvas exactly. and a little bit of yourself is left there. Exactly. So the wallpaper of your paintings mm -hmm. is incredible. I, I remember seeing, who was it that did wallpaper? Jonas Woods has a basketball wallpaper that I've seen many places and um, this tropical jungle pattern that is in, let's see, Wavy Mirror that's the background there. Now we have it downstairs in the gallery as wallpaper. And I absolutely love it. It looks fantastic, especially with the painting sitting on top of it. 
Oh, this show is particularly charismatic because there's so much more than just paintings on walls. It's, mm -hmm. been, it's been styled to kind of go with. Mm -hmm. So when you say you looked at an interior magazine, I mean, when I see pieces of your, like the cactus from your paintings turned into sculpture mm -hmm. or, or wallpaper, it's mm -hmm. just a new world. It's like we've created an alternative universe. Mm -hmm. The gallery has almost turned into a wild interior itself. Yeah, and also I think that there's a story being told here through mm -hmm. pictures, mm -hmm. uh, different from the story you told last time. Mm -hmm. And it's almost, is it a complete story? Is this a complete story, Wild Noise? I think it is a complete story for this entire year, what I've been through, and just trying to make sense of that and put it together. You know, it is really difficult when you're putting 29 paintings together in one environment to see how they're really going to work together. When you're just painting, you know, a couple every single day, and then months later, you're still painting for the same project uh, with all of that in mind and trying to map that out in your head. I mean, you know, you have to be thinking in the past, present, and future to do that. And thank God you can visualize. Mm -hmm. But you are, this is the thing about you, you are always thinking in the past, present, and future. Shall we go down here? It's much quieter down here, isn't it? It is, yes. <laughs> this is the lower level of the gallery. This is where the private viewing room is, this is where uh, sales are done, and this is also where the work is in close proximity to each other. Mm -hmm. So, let's go yeah. into this piece. Okay. This is titled Static. And I titled it, it Static because you know when you turn a speaker on and it's not working exactly properly, you get that little static feel. And putting all these speakers together on top of this, it kind of made me like think like, oh, you know, a fuse is gonna blow here. Um, so it, you know, I like to be playful in the studio. I like to have fun. I don't like to take things too serious. I don't think all art has to be so serious and have a deep meaning. And if it has a deep meaning to you, that's fantastic, but everyone can have their own meaning at the end of the day. Um, but I love the background playing off Andy Warhol's camo pieces, adding a little bit of flowers in here to give it that symmet symmetrical look up top. And one funny thing I thought was adding all of these tiny little vases. Um, I have tons of plants in my studio and my girlfriend propagates them, cut, cuts them off and puts them in new vases so they kind of just keep growing in the studio. And um, I woke up one morning and she had like four sitting on the kitchen table and I took a photo and went upstairs. And you know, some of that found imagery of just whatever's around me I'm painting. And in that moment, you know, I needed to, to kind of balance out the piece and I took that and then, you know, went up to the studio and balanced it out. It's quite liberating to see someone who finds beauty in his own environment, not chasing beauty. It's around you, it's how you look at things. Sometimes I, I see the pictures in Wild Noise as a guide on how to live properly, what to value. Is that... For me, it definitely is, you know, because, like I said, that it is very personal. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, everything has to be structured and the paintings kind of keep my life in check and in balance, you know. So. I want to go over a few of the signifiers so I've got them all. And then we're going to talk about what you want to add. We've got the speakers, we have uh, the books, we have the cactus. There are 
circles, dots, stereos, um, what am I miss? Camouflage. Mm -hmm. What are we adding to your visual vocabulary? It's kind of funny because 29 paintings, so all year I just kind of kept building on the ideas. And, you know, I, I did a speaker stack and then I did another one and I added the wires. And now I have tons of wires coming out of the speakers, which create another shadow layer adds more depth to just the speakers. Um, you know, there's, there's plants everywhere. One specific thing that I really enjoy that you'll notice is kind of these carpet marks um, on a lot of the paintings that I took from Van Gogh's drawings and his landscapes that I'm really enjoying. And I could, I could build those up with texture. So I did start adding more texture this year rather than just so flat in the past, you know, you, you evolve over time and that was one thing that I definitely noticed that I can take forward that I enjoyed. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I see with you in Hockney is you keep pushing yourself to change even though something's great and everyone loves it, you still crash through to do something new, but something new that makes sense. When you look at the world though, everything is changing and in motion. Nothing is forever just standing still. So if I don't understand that, and put that into my work, you and the viewer are gonna see through the canvas at the end of the day. You know, you're gonna know that I'm not growing as a person and an artist if the work is not. So you've said before your work is a celebration of life. Can you expand on that? Yeah, I think, you know, life is a joyful experience or you try to make it joyful and positive. And that's one thing I want to bring across in the paintings, you know. These paintings, they are very personal to me, but they're meant to be lived with, you know, they're meant to live in other homes. And when you walk by these paintings, you know, your kids, you know, you grab a cup of coffee and you're out the door, that might be the first thing you see to start your day. And I want that to be a very positive experience so the viewer and the, you know, the collector can take that away and walk out the door in the absolute best mindset that they can to take on the day. Cooper, thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight at the opening and I hope to speak to you again next time you're in London. Yes, thank you for having me and um, I'm excited for the next couple nights. You've been listening to Maeve Doyle's Private View. This podcast is produced by Will Fitzpatrick at Soho Radio. The music is by Korshid Homi. Thank you for listening.